we know that whatever our circumstance, things aren't as they appear for the people of God. We might appear to be lowly, despised, and maybe even trampled on by this world, but we know, we know who we are as disciples of Christ and under His love and care. We are not only a new creation as we live under Christ and as we live in that new self, but in all circumstances, we are also blessed. The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona, sharing rock-solid hope in Jesus in Rim Country. February 2nd, 2020, Matthew 5, 1-12. There's a really interesting account in the Bible that presents things for us in the way that they really are. We get that glimpse of the way that things are between us, our God, and the world around us. It's recorded as the prophet Elisha is trapped in a city. He wakes up in the morning and sees that he's surrounded by the armies of the king of Aram. They want him dead. So Elisha's servant panics when he sees all this, but Elisha simply prays, Lord, open his eyes that he can see. And then God opens the eyes of Elisha's servant to see that the mountain surrounding them is completely surrounded by the armies of God, chariots and horses of fire. Just one of those glimpses of the way God's people really are in this world, protected, loved, blessed, and under his care, despite what their circumstances might appear. You know, it's, it's the same for you. We know that whatever our circumstance, things aren't as they appear for the people of God. We might appear to be lowly, despised, and maybe even trampled on by this world, but we know, we know who we are as disciples of Christ and under his love and care. This morning we continue our series on New Year, New You. We see how we are not only a new creation as we live under Christ and as we live in that new self, But in all circumstances, we are also blessed. We get now to chapter 5 in Matthew's Gospel. Really, up to this point, Matthew's only recorded for us just summaries of Jesus' message. Things like Jesus was preaching the good news of the kingdom. Now here we, we get to finally hear, word for word, one of the teachings of Jesus. And the first recorded teaching of Jesus, and this the first of the Gospels, as something surprising. Jesus wants us to see ourselves in a whole different light from the way that the world around us might see us. Though the world might see us as maybe perhaps sometimes lowly, despised, in God's eyes and in reality we are blessed in every circumstance. Jesus is going to list for us eight different circumstances in which believers are And though the world might look at each one of those and say it's something to be at a loss, we know we are blessed. He begins by saying to his disciples, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, to be poor in spirit is not just to be drained of energy and to feel lowly and depressed, but it is to be poor in spirit by recognizing our standing before God. Poor in spirit are those who know that not only do we have nothing to offer our God, but what we do have to offer him is simply a debt of sin that we can never repay. We are really beggars under God. 
course, the world would agree with this, that you are blessed if you're poor in spirit. They would say you need to be proud. You need to recognize and assert your own position. But what sort of standing would they have before God and his kingdom when he says, blessed are the poor in spirit? What we see in the word of our God is, we can say along with someone like the prophet Isaiah, even our righteous acts are filthy rags. Or echo with the apostle Paul, what a wretched man I am. All things that I have done, all righteous acts, I consider rubbish. Poor in spirit, we empty ourselves of any value and see all value from our God. From him, we are blessed. Jesus goes on to add, blessed are not only the poor in spirit, but blessed are those who mourn. Certainly everybody in this world mourns. But when we mourn as disciples of Christ, we mourn both the curse of this world under sin and the curse of sin all around us. And we also mourn the fact that we ourselves contribute to that sin. And our own guilt is something that causes us to grieve. We mourn and grieve as we face the, the greatest ultimate consequence and death and the things that sin brings. The world's solution would simply to be, well, its solution for sin, that is, is I'm only human. And its so-called cure for sin is to say, he didn't deserve that, didn't deserve death. As disciples of Christ, God's solution for us are words of comfort. Blessed are those who mourn, they will be comforted. God tells us those words of comfort. He's told you in word and sacrament and by his gospel, you will be comforted. He's already given you that comfort and he will still continue to offer that comfort even in the face of death. We are blessed because even if death takes our life, we have life everlasting where God himself will comfort his people. Beginning to see that no matter what our circumstance, God truly can say his people are and will be, always remain blessed. He goes on after speaking of this to say, blessed are the meek. The meek are the, the lowly, those who, you know, put others first. Of course, the unbelieving world around us would say, no, 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 you need to assert yourself. You need to strive for greatness. Others should serve you. You deserve them to do something for you. Jesus flips it around. God's people recognize they submit to authority under their God and they submit to others in service, making themselves the least. The world would say, you're just letting yourself get trampled on. God says you're blessed. Blessed are those who are meek because they will inherit the earth. You might appear lowly, but when Christ, our King, comes in glory, you will hold and possess everything as you are part of his kingdom that will never end. Finally, he concludes this early, this first portion by saying, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. There, there are a lot of things we can crave in life, Right? In our ambition to succeed, we might crave prestige, power, or fame. And we might, because of this craving, strive to succeed in the business world, or careers, or other areas of life, or education. But not so, Jesus says for the people of God. They're to crave something far greater. Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness, 
You know, the prophet Isaiah spoke of God giving his people food and water without cost. Speaking of this, the psalmist says, My soul yearns for the Lord as a deer pants for streams of water. And we too can echo those words that Peter would have every believer say that we want to crave pure spiritual milk the same way that a baby craves milk. We hunger and thirst not for the things of this world which we could so easily chase after but rather seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. All the rest to be added. And as those who hunger and thirst Jesus says come to me and you will find the bread of life. I am the bread of life, he says. And you'll find thirst will be quenched forever. Now the world would tell you, hey, you're wasting your time in Bible study. You're wasting your time spending time in worship. You're wasting your time by family and family devotions. That's not worthwhile. But for the disciples who hunger and thirst for the word of God, find righteousness and they are fulfilled and satisfied with what Christ gives them. He gives it through his word. Jesus here has spoken already of circumstances which deal with our relationship with our God and ourselves. The next four points he's going to make really deal with our relationship with the world around us as we live as disciples of Christ. So he then says, Blessed are the merciful. Instead of cleaning to have vengeance, he says, you're, you're blessed when you don't try to seek what you deserve from others who have wronged you. Can you imagine how he felt when he had personal qualms and struggles and when thousands upon thousands of people had died, but President Abraham Lincoln decided he was going to have mercy on the rebellious states that tried to leave the Union. So many lives lost. But he advocated a policy of clemency towards those rebellious states. Perhaps he got this from Scripture. Blessed are the merciful. Now the world would look at this and say, well, you're just going to get trampled on. And the world would even kill people like Abraham Lincoln and those who are merciful. But Jesus says, you're blessed. And we can pray, forgive us our sins as, as we forgive those who sin against us because mercy is not weakness, it is power. The power of the gospel and of God to reconcile and bring peace. Blessed are the pure in heart. There we go. As we look at this world around us, it's easy to, to lust, to crave, and to covet. And the world would say, well, what's wrong with that? To just have a, a couple of those desires, nobody's getting harmed. It would say you can chase after with your heart whatever you desire, be it godless or wicked. Blessed are the pure in heart. We know we can probably say just as well with the prophet Isaiah, woe to me, as he said when he saw God, I'm an unclean man with unclean lips and an unclean heart, and I've seen God. He knew you. You can't see God with an impure heart. But we know, like Isaiah, we have been cleansed. And we can say, along with King David, create in me a, a pure heart, O God. As one who is a new creation, we desire to live in that new creation and put on the new self. And we know, because our hearts are cleansed by Christ, we will see God. 
We can say with men like Job, I will see God with my own eyes. Hearts cleansed by him. Blessed are the peacemakers. Not just those who try to get along with everybody, because that's easy, right? To say, I'm not going to cause any trouble. I'm not going to try to make a scene here. But rather, peacemakers are those who step in between warring parties. Those who are fighting and at odds with another and try to bring them back to peace. That is, peacemakers are those who share the gospel. The message of reconciliation between us and our God. You are a peacemaker. As you spread the message of peace through Christ, paid for sin and brought peace between God and people. As you do this, the world might say it's not worth the time, but God says you're blessed. Peacemakers will be called children of God. You belong to him because he's brought you to peace. Finally, blessed are the persecuted because of righteousness. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. From the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before. The world would say, it's not good to be trampled and attacked. Jesus says, if it's for the sake of my name, for me and the kingdom, that you're turned against, consider yourself blessed. That's what happened to the prophets before you. Beginning to see that Jesus opens our eyes to see the reality of the situation. The world might lead us to think that if we are despised, trampled on, lowly, beggars, that there's nothing for it. But Jesus helps us to endure, to hold on to these traits, these circumstances, and to endure as those who are blessed because of him. This reward he mentions is the reward of grace, won by him. The kingdom of God, you see, is altogether flipped upside down from this world. Recall what we read earlier. Uh, the Apostle Paul mentions those who live in the kingdom and mentions our standing. God, after all, as we open up the Gospel of Matthew, chose the lowly. We read how someone like John, man living in the wilderness, was the forerunner of Christ. Lowly fishermen were his first disciples. And many who went before, someone who was slow of speech like Moses, afraid to speak, a boy like Jeremiah, a shepherd like Amos. It is the lowly, despised. And should it surprise us that when Jesus goes about, it says he went about healing the sickness among them, those with diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed, and he healed them. This is who God came for, the lowly and the beggars of this world. That's why the, the Apostle Paul reminds us and writes, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. It is called to be a disciple, called the faith. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. The lowly things of this world and the despised things that are not to nullify the things that are. So no one may boast. It's because of him that you are in Christ Jesus. Though you are beggars, trampled on and despised, though you will grieve and mourn, you don't grieve like the rest of this world. You know you are blessed. And how do you know that? Because of Jesus. After all, who was a, someone that was lowly in spirit but Christ? 
not lowly in spirit because he had his own sin to grieve, but one who grieved over a world lost in sin and who grieved and lamented over the city of Jerusalem as he knew they were under sin's curse. Who grieves and mourns like the one who is Christ, God himself coming to this world, lamenting the, not only the loss of his friends, but as the writer of the Hebrew says, crying with great cries as he knows what sin has done to this world and what is coming on him as he takes that sin on himself. Christ. And who? Who, like Jesus, can say that they hunger and thirst for righteousness? Though I, I can't prove it, every time Jesus refers to hunger and thirst in Scripture and teaches about it, it's about a spiritual hunger and thirst. There he is on the cross saying, I thirst. There perhaps more to that as he thirsts on the cross as one who is shut out from the Father, hungering and thirsting for that connection. Jesus, who like him could claim to be someone that not only was lowly, mourning, hungering and thirsting, but someone who was so despised by this world. Jesus, the Son of God, came to this world to fulfill everything here that we read of. Jesus was a peacemaker as he came to bring peace between God and men. He is the peacemaker. Jesus was meek. Not only lowly, but as he rode into that city and on triumph in Jerusalem on the donkey, the same word is used as he's coming in meekly, lowly, the king riding in to die. And who, like Jesus, is merciful. Even as those who are killing him, he says, Father, forgive, have mercy on them. Who, like Jesus, can say that they were persecuted for the sake of righteousness as he dies in the place of every sinner? How do you know that you're so blessed and part of God's kingdom despite your circumstances? Because of Jesus, the perfect king who came in meekness, the one who was pure in heart like none other, as the writer of the Hebrew says, a great priest, holy and blameless, set apart from sinners. And yet this one, so lowly, so pure in heart, took on himself the task of making peace for us and bringing us blessing eternal. Jesus, our living King, is the one who tells you, you are blessed. No matter what your circumstances, you will inherit the kingdom of heaven. You are sons of God through faith in him. You, though persecuted, follow the prophet after you who now lives and promises eternal life. You know, when Martin Luther was near death, he wrote some interesting words. His final writings that we have about two days before he died were, we are, this much is true, we are beggars. He didn't mean that in a bad way. Rather, he meant that our standing under God is looking to him for absolutely everything. And yes, we are beggars under Jesus, but we are fully blessed under Jesus. We are blessed in all circumstances. Amen. <laughs>